The second voyage of the HMS Beagle began in 1831. A 26-year-old Robert Fitzroy captained the vessel. He was promoted to the position shortly after the suicide of the previous commander, Captain Pringle Stokes. In an effort to stave off the loneliness of the sea, Fitzroy made the decision to hire a gentleman of similar age and social stature to join his crew. He would go on to choose the young naturalist, Charles Darwin. The voyage would last five years, visiting a variety of locations, Australia, Tahiti, Cape Town, Rio de Janeiro, the Galapagos Islands. It was in the Galapagos Islands where young Charles Darwin would begin to watch the finches. He noticed subtle differences in these birds from island to island, beak shape, diet, behavior. He didn't know it at the time, but Darwin's observations would lay the foundation for his greatest work, his theory of evolution by natural selection. Today, we continue the work of Darwin, Wallace, and the others who would follow in their footsteps with a scientific discussion of the island of Octu and the common Porg. They're here. They're Porgs. It's the Porgcast, Episode 3, Porgology. Hey guys, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? How come Mikey always talks? He's like a like, the first grade like substitute teacher. Teacher, yeah. And I don't know if it's a character or if it's just who he's become after all these years of like cleaning up pony smegma. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have cleaned more than my fair share of pony smegma in my life. And there's a segue. So here's the thing: is that. Pony smegma, I don't know specifically what it is. I'm guessing it has to do with some sort of unmentionables of a horse, but Mikey has cleaned it up a lot because he's a zookeeper. I am. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three. Three? It feels like three. Porgology. Today's episode is entitled Porgology. I guess for the listener to figure out where we're coming from here, my degree is in biological anthropology, and I'm currently a zookeeper at, well, a zoo that probably doesn't want their name mentioned on this fucking program. (laughs) But I used my background in all of that to try a new approach to looking at porgs. So we're going to try to do a breakdown of like porg evolution and porg biology and to see if we can find some new porg addictions along the way from there. So I've been doing way more research than I care to admit about this. So we're going to dive on in. You guys fucking ready? Yes. Oh, we're ready. So uh, tell us about this uh, super exciting biology lesson you got for us. I, that didn't sound sincere, <laughs> but I'm going to power through it. Before we really get into porgs, we got to talk about Oc 2. We didn't do Oc 1 yet. <laughs> <laughs> Worst joke of the yeah. entire podcast. I'm calling it now. Play the pork diction sound. Pork diction yeah, sound. Pork diction. That's a pork diction. That that is the worst pork joke diction. of the entire six episode arc. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, carry on. Okay. So we're gonna talk about Octu a little bit, and specifically, we're gonna talk about like the real world Octu. 
So Octu from the Star Wars universe is actually the Earth island of Skellig Michael. Okay. Skellig Michael is an island not too far from like Ireland. Pork diction, pork diction, make the sound. Yeah. Porks have Irish accents. <laughs> 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 so Skellig Michael was chosen for a few reasons. It's got a really great look to it. And supposedly, Octu is going to be home of some kind of old abandoned Jedi temple. And the real Skellig Michael is actually the home of the ruins of an old monastery. All right. This monastery is like super old. So old, we're not even really sure when it was built. Some records show that it was built at some point in the 6th century. But the other key feature of Skellig Michael is that it's home to a lot of puffins. Oh, the big reveal. (laughs) Don't worry. Let me dig in here. Please do. The island is actually designated as an SPA, Special Protection Area, under the European Union Directive on the Conservation of Wild Birds. So basically, this island just exists as a cool place for puffins to hang out. Hmm. Hmm. So Ryan Johnson, our writer and director of The Last Jedi, hmm. went to the island and basically saw that, like, lousy with puffins here. And he gave us this really inspiring quote, which I'm going to quote from him directly. Oh, this is part of the island. We need to find the Star Wars version of this. Whoa. Spoiler alert. It was really important to him that the puffin aspect of the island was captured. And that was the idea that he wanted to bring in Porgs to serve that purpose. Real quick, since we're doing the whole science thing here, work cited, where'd this quote come from? For our listeners, if they want to go check this out. An interview with... Okay, yeah, I pulled the Porg from a... uh, (laughs) (laughs) What the... I wish that line had more context because, God, it's so funny. I'm like laughing so hard I'm crying right now. Ryan Johnson. So, yeah, that Ryan Johnson quote, Ben, you asked for a source. I pulled it from a uh, Gizmodo article. Okay. We also have a tweet from Ryan Johnson where someone asked him, like, what can you tell me about Porgs? And he basically summed it up in just this 144 characters. He said, they are seabirds. Their coloring varies. Males are slightly larger than the females. They can fly short distances. They're inquisitive. Hmm. That's what he's hmm. given us. <laughs> um, <laughs> no mention of boat captains. No mention. No, I think he's kind of keeping that he's under He's definitely wraps. keeping that under, under his sailor's hat. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. right now. We also have some quotes from a guy named Pablo Hidalgo. Yep. Jordan, who is that? He's a writer. He was actually working on Rogue One. Ooh. Pablo Hidalgo's official job title is that he's a member of the Lucasfilm Story Group. So the Lucasfilm Story Group was a group created by Disney after the big buyout. And their entire purpose is like a think tank that creates and maintains one single cohesive canon for the Star Wars universe. And he has given us some other notes about Porks. He says, they can be found dwelling along cliffs. They're the Star Wars version of puffins. They build nests. They can fly. Their babies are called Porglets. 
They can fly. That's they interesting. They can fly. Well, yeah, we I, have. I was, I was, I was leaning towards flightless for a while because of the whole penguin, yeah. penguin tie-in kind of thing. Right, but we have a conflict here because you have Ryan telling us that they can fly. They short can fly distances. short distances. Mm. Pablo says they can fly. I mean, it's like a get, chicken can fly sh- short distances, but I wouldn't say it flies. Yeah, exactly. It's more like falling with style. Yeah. Ah, there you go. <laughs> okay, Professor, take it away. <laughs> so we've just gotten a lot of puffin comparisons here. So I did a lot of research into puffin biology and and also just looking at a porg and trying to make assumptions that way. Okay. Uh, and I think one of the things I'd really like to talk about are from what I get from looking at the porgs and what's kind of unique about them. I want to get into like the porg diet. Now, okay. a weird thing about this seabird is that it doesn't have a beak. Its, it's mouth looks it's like... It's a gerbil mouth. It's like a guinea pig. Yeah. yeah the little upside down. Right. The little frowny face. Well, let's go around the room right now. Yeah. What does everyone think these things eat? Jordan. I mean, if they're tiny boat captains, I'm going to go with fish. Oh, yeah. Good. Good thinking. They're fishers. They're fishers. Yeah, they're fishers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Oh, my God. What if, what if, um, what if porgs had like baleen? Is that the thing? In like, <laughs> like strain in whales' mouths. Yeah. yeah. Porgs are like yeah. tiny whales. They just filter feed. For getting like krill. But there well, is, the, there was an image where they had sharp teeth. So maybe Jordan is yes. closer to right. So they eat small. In the trailer, when we see the porg screen, we actually get a pretty good look at their teeth. And they do have some sharp little teeth. Do birds, what? are there birds out there with teeth? None that I'm aware of. I, I'm going to make a prediction about porgs and what they eat. <laughs> yeah, prediction. prediction. It's something stupid like they eat the force, and that's why they hang out around Luke on the side. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> they eat the force. Yeah, I love it. Or what if fish are filled with midi-chlorons and they have to eat the fish? Yeah, I'll accept that. But yeah, on, in some level, they're eating the force, and that's why they're here. They just gobble up the force all they're day. They're no, 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 no. They never <laughs> stop gobbling the force. <laughs> yeah, they just ride around on their boats, just gobbling up the it's force. It's not a bad life, it doesn't sound like, to be honest. Anyway, Professor? Okay, so there's other <laughs> features I want to kind of point out here that kind of stand out to me in trying to like determine what these things eat and we're kind of bring some parallels to other earth animals and i like to bring in their coloration so what we see in all the pork so far supposedly their color varies we've seen some different color variations on them um but pretty much across the board whether they have different colors they all have the same feature which is dark colored feathers on their backs and top of their heads and the white belly. Okay. So this is actually something we see in a lot of earth animals, specifically in a lot of sea-dwelling critters, as well as it's common in a lot of seabirds. So this is a type of camouflage, actually, and we call it countershading. And it's great for animals that are in the water. Basically what it means is if anything's above it in the water, they look down and the dark feathers are kind of blending in with the dark ocean floor. If anything's underneath it in the water, they look up and the white underbelly is kind of gets lost in the light that's coming down from the sun hitting the top of the water. Concluding that the force that they eat is in the water. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to jump in here. He's coming. Oh, he's coming. I gotta alive. Come, here sorry, comes. He just, he just spurred something. So um, the light and the dark side of the porg. Oh, yes. Right? Wow. That's how they sneak up on the side of the force that they're trying to eat. Yeah, they walk <laughs> yeah. backwards towards Kylo and forwards towards Ren. 
<laughs> down goes that's, Phasma. That's how Phasma didn't yeah. see the poop because yeah. the porg was turned away from her. So what they're gonna do is they're gonna set up the rules early in the film where Luke is, where Ray's like, wait, don't you see that bird walking towards? He's like, no, I can't. It, I only see the light side. And then it's like, <gasps> yeah. And then later on, <sighs> the porg's walking backwards towards Phasma. You know, we're all yeah, gonna and we're be like, how does she not see yeah. it? How does she not see that porg? Sitting there on the edge of our seats, right, waiting for. For the bonking. Yeah, because we know about because uh, we know about what that what was that word you used, Mike? Countershading. Countershading. Because of the countershading, she will not see the porg poop, and therefore she will slip. So, and then one last feature I want to point out on the porg is its eye placement on the head. So, porg eyes Cute. are placed right in the front of their face. Okay. A lot of birds we see their eyes are located on the sides of their head, right? Okay. So, front-facing eyes do have some advantages and disadvantages. The primary advantage of them is that it gives them binocular vision. Like us, we can see three-dimensionally because the field of vision from our two eyes overlaps and we can gauge how far away things are, right? The disadvantage of having our eyes on front is that our peripheral vision isn't as good. We can't see things coming to the side without like really like turning our head. Cool? Yeah. Okay. So... You know, being the zookeeper, I have to give you the, the dumb thing that we say to the public to, like, teach them about that. Uh, and we have a little <laughs> rhyme that goes with this. Oh, boy. We say, eyes in front, built to hunt. Eyes on the side, built to hide. There once was a porg from Mantucket. <laughs> <laughs> so if we kind of put everything together here, we're looking at the teeth. We're looking at the front-facing eyes. We're looking at the counter shading that gives them some camouflage. I'm putting all this together into a porg diction here in that porgs are the apex predator of Octu. They feed on the force. We see them only as hunters, and it looks like they've evolved in a way where they're not concerned about any predators in their habitat. So we have the apex predator here of Octu. Yeah, they have a complete monopoly on the fishing industry of Octu, for sure. Probably nothing on that island that's going to, like, hunt after them. Yeah, definitely nothing else that drives a boat. Right. I predict that we're likely going to see some kind of scene in this movie where we're going to see these guys hunt something and take it down, and we might get, like, a, a nice, like, you know, gag reel kind of shot where it's like, I guess they're not so cute and cuddly. Because it looks like, from a biological standpoint, these guys are built to kill. I will reference right now anyone familiar with the film Mom and Dad Save the World. Mm -hmm. When I saw Porgs, the first thing I thought about were, if you've seen this film, I'm sorry for you, but there's these mushroom animals that live down in the sewer, and they're super cute. They have front-facing eyes, whatever the hell the word was for that. Uh, so we know they're the apex predator of the sewer, but the woman who meets up with them, the mother who saves the world of the mom and dad that saved the world, uh, she's like, look how cute. And she like reaches towards it and like it jumps at her with these sharp teeth. I'm like, there's going to be a porg scene like that. It's going to happen. It's going to be bothersome, but they're going to do it. Ryan's going to do it. Another thing that's kind of stood out to me here is that with the porg eyes, if you saw these on an earth animal, you can make a strong case that the porgs are actually nocturnal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's hear this strong case then, huh, Mike? Yeah, yeah, let's get to it. If you look at the picture of the porg, like, that thing's pupils are the size of a dinner plate, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's called cocaine. <laughs> so the idea is when your pupils are big, your eyes are trying to take in more light. So an animal with really, really big pupils 
is functioning at a time when there's not a lot of light available. So you're trying to bring in every single bit of light you can. You can imagine with our own eyes, when in the dark, our pupils expand. When you shine a light into them, our pupils contract because we're trying to not get as much light into it so that we're not losing any vision from having too much light or too little light. But, I know. can't wait for the big night fishing scene is all I'm saying. When the porgs do a bunch of cocaine and then hop on their boats and go yep. fishing for the force. Hashtag fish for the force. <laughs> <laughs> fish for the force. Is that the official hashtag of the week? Hashtag fish for the force. Hashtag fish for the force. There it is. Hey, I noticed though you have not said anything I mean, you keep mentioning puffins. My problem with this, though, is that puffins tend to be much shorter than four feet tall. And last episode, we we're very established, clear. yeah, we're very clear that an we adult did. porg is four feet tall. Uh, so are these giant puffins then? These could potentially be giant puffins. I'm really excited to see these four foot tall things fly is what's really blowing my mind. That'll be horrifying, by the way. If I saw a four-foot thing flying at me, horrifying. It's like a fucking, like an ostrich with short legs flying <laughs> yeah, at you or exactly. something. Yeah. It's a guinea pig ostrich <laughs> that's flying at me. <laughs> Depending on who I'm talking to. What, is it the, like a big turkey? Yeah. <laughs> so let's show a little respect for the big turkey. And that's when the other porgs come at you. <laughs> Not from the front, but from the sides. From the other two porgs that you didn't even know were there to gobble your force. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, wait, stop. I got an idea. What if porgs are like vampires on Jedi? Ooh. And they like suck suck the the force force from your neck. I guess it wouldn't make sense that they're on that island. I seem like if you were Luke, you would just want to like obliterate all of them as soon as you showed up. You'd be like, I'm trying to be a hermit here. He is the last Jedi. Like they're going to follow him no matter what. They can fly. Maybe the porgs, this contradicts your thought about like, this is their natural habitat and a place just for them. But maybe the porgs showed up on the island because they were like, I smell one. (laughs) They all all fly to this island. They're like, all right, cool. We got to hunt this guy down. He seems really powerful. He's a Jedi master. It's going to take some time to take him down. I guess we'll set up a fishing industry to make ends meet so that we can get this guy. Put in the order for the boats. It actually does make a lot of sense because, like, theoretically, Octu has an old abandoned Jedi temple, right? The ruins of a temple are there. Maybe it's ruins because the Porgs killed them all. Oh, Oh my my God. God. Right. We blew this one wide open. The Porgs were there years ago, wiped him out. There's no Jedi left, so they've taken to fishing, and then Luke has stupidly wandered into this temple, <laughs> right. and like now he has to deal with the poor Luke, menace. Luke seems very sad in all the trailers I've seen. Maybe he's suicidal. <laughs> and the government is the one who's bringing in the porgs that suck the life energy out of all the Jedi. It's not porg <laughs> intelligence! Wow, this, this came together, actually. Yeah, I think I see this. It's the temple is abandoned because these porgs all showed up, wiped everyone. They were <laughs> like, all the Jedi. They were like, look how cute. And then these porgs went fucking Anakin style on this temple <laughs> and just mm-hmm. nobody left behind. Luke, very sad. He's like, I'm such a powerful Jedi. Nobody can even kill me. They just keep chopping <laughs> so my hands so off. Sad. So that's why I'm so sad. So I got to go somewhere where I know I'll have a formidable opponent. In the porgs? In the form of a porg. And there he is. They've since set up this fishing industry to make ends meet, whatever. They're like, ah, but all of a sudden they smell some force. 
is back. They're they're reinvigorated. Their blood their bloodlust is is yep. come to a fever pitch. Their eyes glaze over. Their pupils mm-hmm. get huge from cocaine, and they <laughs> go after him. So so Mike, you're a biologist. <laughs> sure. Basically, yeah. what are the odds that uh, of laser eyes? <laughs> Solid question. Fairly slim, I'd imagine. But why do you say that? Well, I think we've already confirmed that the Porg's primary weapon is the bonk. Yeah. That's true. Oh, right. It's, it's yeah, very deadly. True. Yeah, that is true. Well, it's the Porglet's primary uh, mm. uh, means of uh, Eventually protection. they go up and get their laser eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's fair. I'm on the fence about laser eyes. Okay. We won't make an official Porg prediction yet. No, I'm not predicting that. I was really hoping that there'd be some biological cue, like the amount of melanin in their eyes or something is conducive to lasers. Oh, right. But, uh, <laughs> to Puff- focusing light or something. Yeah. Right. Since puffins have laser eyes, you would think Porgs have laser <laughs> eyes. That's true. <laughs> so, Ben, you brought up puffins. We're going to get back into puffins yeah. here. Oh, oh, yeah. Great. was worried. So, I fell deep into a hole of puffin social structures and i had a great time learning all this stuff about puffins so one of the major things about puffin life is that they spend most of the year far from land all by themselves in the open ocean and then they only return to the coast in breeding season at which point when they get there they're super social they get large colonies going on they have a great time yeah out on their boats Carry on. When they do return for breeding purposes, puffins are actually monogamous and they'll stay with the same mate for life. They'll always return back to that island. Here's the interesting thing about it, though. The people that have researched puffins have found that it's not necessarily about mate fidelity. It's actually about nest fidelity. So basically what happens is they say... I'm going to go back to that burrow I love so much. And it just so happens that the other puffin goes that same burrow every year. So we get there and we bang. I've been in a few relationships like that, actually. (laughs) Like your house is just kind of (laughs) nice. Once they've returned to their burrow, which with a puffin burrow, some of the times they dig out the burrow themselves. Other times they just find some other hole, like they found <laughs> puffins will go. <laughs> Maybe if it's his birthday. <laughs> I'm going to pass out. <laughs> so on the subject of these puffin holes. Yeah. <laughs> Once they've returned to their burrow and they've copulated. What's copulated mean? Females will spend the majority of the time in the burrow, tending to chicks and whatnot. Males will spend <laughs> the majority of the time. <laughs> Outside. (laughs) (laughs) They'll spend their time outside guarding the burrow. Going back to Ryan Johnson's tweet earlier, he mentioned that the colors vary and the males are slightly larger than the females. In puffins, it's actually the same. Males are a little bit bigger than the females. On average, they are, but it's not like a, a major difference. He mentioned the colors vary, and we have seen different colors of Porg. So when we talk about these differences between the males and females outside of the primary sexual characteristics, right? So we're not talking about P's and V's. We're talking about the other things that make the males and females different from one another. We call that sexual dimorphism. I have a a Porg diction. Play the noise. Yep. So lightsabers can be different colors, and all the good guy lightsabers are <laughs> yes. blue and green, and there's a purple one, which was fun for a little bit, and all the bad guy mm-hmm. lightsabers <laughs> are red. 
right? So we're going to have an evil Porg that is an off color so we can tell which one is evil. Ooh, and that's like the BB-8s in another one. What's the other one called, Jordan? I actually don't re- know because I tried oh, to yeah, avoid he doesn't, all that stuff. But there's a, there's... I want to say it's BB-9E. Oh, for evil. It's mm, the evil model. BB-9 evil. So you're saying, Andrew, a similar thing is happening with Porgs. There will be an evil Porg. There will be an evil Porg, and it will be a different color. But real quick, I mean, mm-hmm. as we've discussed, all of these Porgs are literally flying short distances around a... Island of Rocks, catching fish, yeah. mm-hmm. and Draculaing the Force from Jedi's. So, really, what does an evil pork entail? Because they already seem pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, I think the question at this point is, what's a good pork? Yeah, what's a good it's pork? It's funny that you ask. <laughs> I-, I think porks are going to be disgusting, completely immoral. Amoral, I should say. <laughs> amoral. They'll just be bonking each other, bonking heroes, bonking villains. It's just going to be a force of nature. Yeah, porgs have no affiliation with anybody. These are four foot tall killing machines. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And the smaller ones are bonking people on the head um, or pooping and people slip oh, on it. Yeah. Uh, any any defense. It's a, a one two move, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah fair, it's like the T Rex from Jurassic Park. You know, like you're you're taught to fear it through the first half of the movie. Second half, boom, it comes back, saves you from the raptors. Oh my gosh, that's what happens with the Porgs. In the beginning, they're just chasing around all these Jedis, trying to kill them. Oh my god, play the Porg Diction sound. We just blew this thing wide open, yet again. God, this is the best podcast on the internet. (laughs) Porgs in the beginning, dangerous. Oh, oh, hey, Luke, great to meet you. It's me, Ray. And he's like, hey. Stay away from these porgs. And she's probably like, what? They're so cute, though. And then that's when the scene happens where she, like, reaches, like, the mom and dad save the world scene where she reaches to pet it. And then it's like, rah, like, jumps up. All the teeth. You see all the teeth. It looks like Skarsgård from It. Crazy what's happening. (laughs) And then he's like, no, and, like, pulls her back. And then maybe that's their first bonding moment. And he's like, they're dangerous. They'll suck the force right (laughs) out of you. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, and so we fear them the whole way. Oh, oh, yeah, because when Chewie picks one up, it's this big uh uh-oh moment when he picks up the pork. Oh, big uh uh-oh moment. Or the egg. He hatches the egg. That pork thinks Chewie's mom. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this this is a good chance for you, the zookeeper, biology, boom. It, what, Mm -hmm. it like, uh, what is it? It bonds to him, or what's the word? Imprinting. It imprints on Chewie. They have to bring it with it because it's been cast out from Pork Society because it's the one that doesn't want to suck force from Jedi's. <laughs> God, we got to come up a better phrase for that. But uh, and they take it with it, and then boom, hero moment, fourth act, forty-five minutes into the film, right before the credits roll, <laughs> the pork poops. Phasma can't see it because it's mm-hmm. turned to the other, to the dark side. She slips, falls, pork falls, bonks her on the head, boom. Uh, Andrew, credit music, please. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. We also, like, we've gotten this confirmation that the Porgs fly. I think that really offers some support to our bonking theory. Because <laughs> as a baby, right? it would... As a, as a baby, it wouldn't be good at flying, so it tries to, like, jump, half jump, fly. It tries and to it fly up, and runs into Phasma. It bonks her on the head. Yeah, because yeah. he's like just learning, and they're like, "Look, he did it. He flew." And Chewie's like, "My baby, he flew." <laughs> but in Wookie language, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, and that means he flew. It's frightening, honestly, how much all of our pork dictions line up. It, it just because that's the only way it can be. We've just we've got mm-hmm. it nailed down. Yeah, we're so good at. It, it really feels like we're each finding another piece of the puzzle 
putting it in there, and it's like, oh my god, that's the corner of the cabin. This is going to be a log cabin on a snowy day. Yeah, the, this <laughs> Thomas Kincaid painting of Porgs. We're like, look at the lighting, look at the lighting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, you're right. The, the light side and the dark side, yes. I, I'm going to say that yeah, this, exactly. this podcast is the Thomas Kincaid of the podcast universe. Of the Porg <laughs> podcast universe. Man, this is great. Yeah, yeah, Professor, take it away. What else? Tell us some more boring shit. Okay, so I want to talk about Baby Puffins for a little bit because this part blew my mind. So Baby Puffins take about 50 days to fledge, which basically that means it'll take them 50 days to shed their down and get their adult feathers in, right? Okay. Um, And in that time, they don't leave the burrow. Mm. And then once they're ready, they will leave the burrow in the middle of the night when predators are at their lowest, and they just go to the water. They can't fly yet. And their burrows are likely like on top of cliffs. So they'll just launch themselves off a cliff to the water. Then they swim out into the open ocean by themselves and then don't return to land for three years. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me if there happened to be a porglet that was removed from his burrow as an egg and therefore was not privy to that lifestyle because he had been removed from his burrow by a Wookiee and then put on board the Millennium Falcon to leave, mm-hmm. at some point he would have the irresistible urge to launch himself off of something, presumably at the captain of a, of a stormtrooper uh, brigade. <laughs> am, I, am I correct here? Basically, once it reaches its adult feather and stuff, it's going to have this urge like, I need to get to the ocean by any means necessary. And there's no ocean on the Millennium Falcon, so it is just going to launch itself at anything. And the first time it sees the ocean, is it Phasma's right on the other side. <laughs> oh, dude, let me, let me give you another piece of this. Phasma's reflecting the ocean. That's what I was going to say, yes. <laughs> oh. If we talk about coloration, when the Porg just sees shiny Phasma reflecting back at it, it thinks that's the ocean. So She has that mirrored armor. She yeah. has very, very shiny she armor. She slips, falls... Boom, lands on the ground. The Porg is up on a shelf somewhere, looks down, sees shiny armor covering the ground, is like, oh my God, that's the ocean, and jumps off, bonks on the head. What a weird episode. All right, so my last thing I want to get into here, (laughs) and this this last little Google rabbit hole I fell into, was on the subject of puffin hunting. So puffin hunting is a thing in Iceland. It's the only place that has puffins where they're not protected so puffin hunting is this big sport they call it sky fishing and it's done with this special net called and i'm probably gonna fuck up this pronunciation called a flag and you catch them and it's it's more about the sport than it is about like hunting food right like this is like a tiny bird doesn't have a lot of meat on them it's more like a tradition thing it's oftentimes eaten as a traditional food. You'll see it served a lot in restaurants that are in more touristy areas. The really exciting thing, though, about eating puffins <laughs> is part of it <laughs> is the major delicacy of a puffin is eating its heart, and you eat the heart raw. Jesus. So basically what happens is you net a puffin out in the field, you snap its neck, burst it open, and eat its heart right then and there. And then save, like, the rest of the meat to, like, smoke it later or something. That kind of leads <laughs> to my, the last pork diction I brought today. They've really <laughs> emphasized the idea of the, the puffins being the culture of the island and wanting the porks to affect that. I think last pork diction I got for the day. I think we will see a main character. We'll see, like, 
either Luke or someone, we're going to see people eating porgs. You think so? Like when they first like, hop on so. the island They're and for it's like sure going to do it. They're for sure going to do it for the oh shit moment. <sighs> yeah. And, and I'm almost concerned. Like, I think I, it, this might cancel out one of my other pork dictions. Like, I think we're going to get that moment of porgs aren't so cute and cuddly. We'll yeah. either see them being the predator that I believe they are, or we'll see them being Luke or Ray's dinner. I... I don't know if we'll get both of those. The only thing is, like, if you were going to write in this new cute, cuddly character that seems to be all over the merch, and then you're going to have another scene where they're barbecuing that person's flesh and eating them, that seems... Mm -hmm. I don't know. They barbecued one of those little mushroom guys in Mom and Dad Save the World. It's true. Not that I've seen it in the last month, but <laughs> I maybe have. I almost feel like, based yeah. on what you said today, Ben... The poor addiction is that you really need to see mom and dad save the world to understand the last. Yeah, Jedi. to enjoy last. To Jedi. really, yeah, to really enjoy last Jedi, I think you want to see mom and dad save the world. Well, everybody, it's been great having you back on the show. Uh, there's another three episodes you should come back for, maybe. If you're that kind of person, if you subscribe to that those subreddits, you should come back. <laughs> yeah, if you have not turned this off already, we'll theoretically be here next week. Mikey, take us home. Professor, get us off this island. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Porgcast. Join us on Instagram. The Instagram is at Porgcast, spelled just like it sounds. You've found the name of the show. It's right up there. Ben, anything interesting on the Instagram this week? Nothing on the Instagram this, uh, this week, uh, but please, you know, like and subscribe the podcast. And if you like it, or actually, even if you don't like it, leave a comment. And so other uh, people can uh, use that algorithm and uh, listen to this, too, and hate it as well. What we established the official hashtag this week was? Hashtag of the week is fishing for the force. So feel free to put that on all your selfies and uh, just watch your followers go through the roof. <laughs> Everyone's going to be talking about it. Everyone's going to so be talking about it. So that's all the time it. we have, right? Is there anything else we need to cover at the end of the episode? I mean, I, I, I think that that's it for this one. I've never heard Mikey right. more uncertain. I feel like we really shook you. I'm sorry. That's cool. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're here. They're Porgs. It's the Porgcast. We'll see you next time. Porgcast on three. One, two, three. Porgcast. The Porgcast. Yeah. Wait, is it the Porgcast? I forgot already. I literally forgot what it is at this point. What are you thankful for? <laughs> oh my god, I am thankful for central nerve depressants, um, uppers, downers, your whiskey do's, your whiskey don'ts, screamers. Oh man, the edit button on podcasts. Yeah, yep. stuff like that. This is all going nowhere. We did a great job. What are you job. trying to get us to say? I'm not trying to. I'm just opening it up. I'm creating a little play place for you guys to get to root around in. Yes, and. Yes, yeah, and. exactly. Yeah, why don't you take <laughs> it back to I kill you the... guys to give me a yes, and just fucking once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, take it, take it back to the groundlings, nerd. <laughs>